0: Welcome to the Charity Network News Podcast, inspiring you to make the world a better place. Our host is Lex Lumiere, an award-winning therapeutic artist whose family legacy includes over a hundred years of art exhibits and providing artwork for international nonprofit fundraisers. In our show, you'll hear mind-blowing interviews from philanthropy leaders or creative souls, as well as news and insights to help you make a positive impact in your community. Now let's jump into your daily dose of juice. Please join us in creating excellence
1: Lex Lumiere. I'm here with the U.S. Department of Arts and Culture. And today my guest is Harry B. Happy Bartholomew. You can find him on the internet everywhere. He is pretty popular in Houston, Texas. He is uh, a healer with sound and he really does beautiful work. And I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about where he's from and what led him to this journey. Hi, Uh, Harry.
2: Hello there, Lex. How are you?
1: Good. Good, good. Excellent.
2: So yeah, boy, where do I even begin with that? Um, I'm located in Houston, Texas. I was born and raised here. Um, I've traveled, I've lived in, uh, I think the only other place I've actually lived in the US was in Florida uh, for a while going to school as an audio engineer. Uh, so it's interesting that I would, you know, some t- 20 something years later, uh, end up doing sound healing. Uh, that's a mm-hmm. <laughs> That was kind of a, a fun thing to happen over time. Uh, But um, I toured as a sound engineer for everything from rock to blues to touring Broadway for a number of years. And then there was just that time where I came off of, uh, I came off a tour and got sick, got really sick, uh, and suddenly had like 103 plus fever at times. And I was bored. I had just come off the road. I was bored. I was tired and couldn't sleep. You know that point. We all know that point where you're just so bad that you can't sleep.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And so um, every CD that I owned, I listened to every video that I had owned. I had watched, you know, 5,000 million channels on cable and nothing to watch. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I went to my uh, I actually went to my uh, bookshelf and i'm not one who likes to read that much because of my dyslexia so it's it's always that's always been a, a something that i was working on and something that i finally through my next phase in life was able to overcome um, but i found this book called buddhism plain and simple and it was given to me by a friend and the inscription on the inside said this reminds me of the way you used to be and what that meant was i had developed quite a temper when i was touring you know, because mm. people are paying, you know, people are paying a minimum of $75 a ticket and a maximum of who knows what. I was touring with Phantom of the Opera at the time. So every single night had to be perfect. Everything had mm-hmm. to be perfect. I believe it. And and that puts a lot of stress. I left, um, w- when I left on tour, I had brown hair. When I came back, my hair was white. <laughs> <laughs> and, um and so this book, I found that as I was reading this book, I seemed to know what was gonna be on every page after it. It's like at one page, oh, I know what's gonna happen next. I know what's gonna happen next. And it's kind of like, wow, how do I know what's gonna happen next? Um, you know, I grew up with no religion or, or anything. I was, I was raised atheist. And so to read a, a Buddhist text was kind of weird for me at the time. I really read a lot of Buddhist texts, but I read a lot of religious texts at all, but, but it was really, um, it, it was, it was interesting because it, it brought me in. It really drew me in, but the most amazing thing was three hours later when I finished reading the book and that was like record time for me reading, um, you know, what was probably only a 180 page book. It wasn't mm-hmm. that big, but it was big for me. Cause I don't read books. I read technical manuals. <laughs> right. I had no fever. I had no, It my fever didn't break. It just disappeared. I didn't have, um, uh, I didn't feel like I was sick at all. My appetite was fully back. Um, I felt, I almost felt fully hydrated at that point. It was really crazy. So I, uh, I went over to, I said, well, this, this book was incredible. I want to read more about this. I want to understand more. So I, you know, I'd just gotten off tour, so I had money and uh, I went over to the, uh, Barnes and Noble that used to be at uh, Westheimer Voss okay. and Voss. Um, and 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 I had dinner right right in front of it, I went over there and at the time, you know, this was what, 1997, 96, 97. Um, at the time, there was like this was this is how big the, the Buddhist section was. It was like this much <laughs> of one shelf. And so you had um, a few books by the Dalai Lama, a few books by uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, and then a few other just stragglers uh pema children uh and so i bought everything that was there <laughs> i just basically walked out walked out with the buddhist section <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure they loved you for it and 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 yeah it's like they were they were just like wow we'd have never seen anybody buy this many and i said well you should get more get get some different ones and and actually the person who orders that that section was like what do you want and i said heck if i know I've never, <laughs> this is yeah. all brand new to me. I read my first book on Buddhism uh, this afternoon and this is all new. So I just started reading as much as I could. And then one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. And I kept getting all these different books from different sources. Um, there was a great temple here in town that used to carry a lot of uh, for, uh, for free distribution books, mm. um, basically corporate uh, corporations in Taiwan that would sponsor the books. And so I started getting all of these different books. And then one magical day, um, through a crazy set of circumstances, I met my teacher, the person that would end up ordaining me uh, a number of years later. Hmm. And so I continued to work in audio for a while. And then I was just like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. And I learned some healing techniques from somebody because my mom had been ill and I wanted to help her. Uh, I never thought I would become a healer. I had never had any idea of it. You know, when I was a young boy, we used to go to Wimberley, Texas, and there were all these healers there and they would be sitting there waving their hands around like this. And I would look at my mom and go, Mom, are these people crazy? And she <laughs> goes, yes, but they're harmless. And, right. and so that was kind of, that's what I remembered. And it's like, wow, the universe has a great sense of humor because that's what I do for a living now.
1: Well, what um, was your like first memory of of sound and just like instrumentation?
2: So my mom was a touring press agent. So I grew up in music and I grew up in entertainment. Um, I didn't have many friends growing up. My friends were, uh, (laughs) um, my friends were people like, uh, God, Tom, uh, Tom Jones and, um, and, uh, Steve Lawrence and, you know, just all the old school, all the old school people, mm. they would come through because she was at, uh, she was handling all of them and she would take me everywhere because, uh, you know, at that point in time, it was a single mom. So mm. she had nobody to watch me. So she dragged me along. I loved seeing shows. Um, Robert Goulet and I became very, very dear friends over the years. Mm. And um, he would come to Houston and he would do things like take me to uh uh, to the Galleria to go ice skating or would take me to Astro World, and um, always just being extremely nice and very skilled at telling the public, um, hey, I'm here doing my thing. Thank you so much. And he would move on his way. He was very skilled at that. Um, so I grew up in music. I grew up playing drums. I grew up um, playing in bands and then going into theater. Uh, and I loved theater. Um, my aunt, who was a theater director, tried to get me to act. I refused. I absolutely refused to act. Um, and, and boy, do I wish I had taken her up on all those classes way back when. Uh, mm. Because it would it would really serve me well. But being in that field for so many decades really did help me. And, and everything that I learned back then by watching uh, her and other directors coach people, I started being able to go, oh yeah, I remember when they were coaching that. And so I started being able to anchor that and anchor that mm. vibration and use it in just daily life of working with people and especially public speaking, because I was, uh, I, I was just extremely scared of walking out on a stage. Mm. I mean, morbidly scared. Uh, yeah. If, ca- if I saw a camera light turn on and it was facing me, I'd go. <laughs> <laughs> and there was and deer it was, in the everybody, headlights. Everybody today goes, You? Of all people, you.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's but, what I mean, because you, you still perform, you know.
2: But, you know, that's just one of those skills, as you know, it's one of those skills that you develop over time. Um, some people are very natural at it. And <laughs> sometimes the people that you think are the most natural at it have the hardest time with it. Right. You know, gro- growing up being he- overweight. I had, you know, I had all these kids in school screaming at me and, you know, just had no self-esteem to do that. So mm. I always liked being behind the scenes. I loved, you know, at a very young age, I think at five years old, I was telling people that I wanted to um, to push buttons and twist knobs. And, you know, my mom at the time was a, a line producer for KPRC. and oh, yeah. And so I spent a lot of time in control rooms sitting in the back. And I was just enthralled with buttons, you know, oh, to I'm this sure. day. I'm sure you had to to a can You know, I can do everything with a computer, yet what I want is a bunch of buttons. (laughs) It's like, give me more buttons.
1: Because of the joy, the tactile joy that you remember that's, you know, stuck in your cellular memory.
2: I'm a tactile learner. Mm -hmm. And that's the big thing is that you can give me a book on something and I'll just glaze over it sometimes. But if if I can have the book and the piece of gear sitting in front of me, or the computer or the, you know, dot, 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 whatever it is, if I can touch it and I can feel it and I can watch it change, then I can learn it.
1: Can and I can you, learn it at a level. So did you get bullied in school at all? Did Oh, absolutely.
2: Bully? Absolutely.
1: And, did, and it was like sound and music your escape?
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the most brilliant things is, Wow, I thought I could talk about this fairly easily. One of the people who really, really bullied me the most um, growing up uh, turned into be a great friend. Mm. Many years later, we turned into be great friends, and I was able to confront him. I was just able to confront him and say, "Hey, you know, what the heck?" Those yeah. weren't the words that I used, but. <laughs> that's okay um, I understand. and and at the you know at the back at the time when this happened i still drank i said you know what the heck come you know let's go grab a beer i want to sit and talk i want to find out i want to resolve all this because the the number one thing in life is to not grow up in any aspect of life having hatred towards anyone mm-hmm. you know i go through i go through releasing people of, you know, one of one of the classes that I've taught over the years is teaching people how to release others of any karma they have towards you.
0: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, you can always ask for, you know, ask for it, but, but really to forgive everybody mm-hmm. because I don't want that baggage. When I die, I don't want people owing me. I don't want people owing me anything. Mm-hmm. I want to die with a clean conscience. Now I may still have to pay my own karmic debt back to somebody else, Mm-hmm. but just releasing everybody you know i don't want to have to to come back onto this earth again and again so that others can repay their debts to me
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's something that people don't think of they think of oh well i have to be reborn because because i have to pay this debt over here um but no if if they have a heavy debt towards you you might have to come back here just so that they can pay it back
1: oh so like and, the reincarnation in buddhism is attached to you're, you right. okay. You're reborn. and,
2: and, 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 you know, and, and we can look at it in many different ways, Right. but, but, you know, if we go to, if we go to the pearly gates and we have forgiven absolutely everybody of anything that they've done to us,
1: mm-hmm. that
2: goes a long way. Yeah. That goes a long way because that shows that we walked the talk. We walked the walk. We took every teaching to heart and and, and beyond religion, you know, um, because we can look at every religion and every religion seems to have some aspect of that. Right. But to be able at the end of your life, go, Hey, I may have not have been perfect, but I also recognized that others weren't perfect and said, Hey, don't worry about it. Whatever you owed me, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. hold on to anything and that's just it. Don't hold on to anything. The greatest mantra I was ever taught and the mantra that I chanted for the first couple of years of my practice when I met my teacher was, let go. He said, I'm not gonna teach you in Pali or in Sanskrit or any of these crazy languages. I'm gonna teach you in your own language, let go. Because if you can chant the, the, the words let go with a pure heart that mm-hmm. will serve you more than anything because you'll be able to clear your health, you'll be able to clear wealth, you'll be able to clear relationships, because you just let go. If you can live those two words, so much can happen. And mm-hmm. you know, and so I would I would put music on, I would just um I would just put like a drone of music on behind me and just chant, let go, let go, let go. I'd sit here with the mala and let go, let go, let go and that's just it you know when we talk about saying mantras or doing prayers or anything you can read words but if it's mechanical then you're not really getting anything out of it but as Mm -hmm. soon as it touches your heart at that moment sometimes you have to chant something mechanically just to get used to it and then all of a sudden something clicks in your own heart Mm -hmm. tears start rolling down your face because you understand what just happened you understand that divine connection between you and the great something, the universe, whatever, however you want to define it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, I find myself, even though I was a Buddhist monk, and even though I have very heavy Buddhist practices, uh, I don't try to convert anybody to Buddhism. I don't mm-hmm. try to convert anybody to anything. Right. I want to just be true to who you are and what you are and be true to your own teachings. And that's where the healing takes place. As soon as that can happen, you know, all of the sound healing and everything is to shift your vibrations so that you can see into yourself better. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm healing somebody. I'm shifting the vibrations so that they want to heal, so that they want to change. And I think that's that's the big misnomer. And when, when somebody, you know, says, Oh, you're a healer, it's like, well, okay, yeah just own it you know well but but the thing is is that i don't have to own that you know i I, I don't know i don't know how to i don't know how to how to explain what it is i do right Uh, i've got i've got a very esoteric background in my healing but Mm -hmm. but in the end we're just shifting vibrations
1: right and that's everything
2: yeah that's everything
1: People you know, don't realize it's everything. So, my question is: How have you used sound to help you through the pandemic, like through COVID nineteen?
2: Wow, so huge, huge question, and uh, man, I love that question. So, the pandemic attaches to the lungs. Yes, that's mm-hmm. one of the big. That's one of the big aspects of, of coronavirus is that it, it 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 harms the lungs so quickly. So when you, not only playing the gongs and singing bowls on top of people, so I would lay people down and and place a singing bowl over their chest. Mm-hmm. That's the typical way that I would work and then place gongs on either side of their body because they're big, they have giant vibrations, they shoot through the entire body. So I'm stirring everything up, I'm, I'm keeping everything moving. But now, you know, we come, here comes 2020 and 2021 now, and we don't get to see our clients one on one. Very okay. rarely do we get to do that. So, the chanting is where I've I really accelerated in working with people. Um, mm. I, like I was telling you earlier, I do a nightly meditation on Facebook seven days a week for the last year. It was something that Guan Yin asked me to do. And she made it very, very um, clear that I needed to chant. Because people needed those vibrations. And so over this time, I've taught people to chant. Um, I do chants mm-hmm. from a couple of different traditions. And really, let's just go Om. Om is not religious, it's not anything other than it is a frequency. It's a frequency that heals, but it's not Om, it's AUM. So Om instead of Om. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, when you chant like that, you begin to vibrate into all of the different organs of the body you can you can vibrate into the lungs um into uh, into the heart into the spleen the pancreas the liver the kidneys you'll feel it depending on which uh which tone you use whether you're using a higher Mm -hmm. tone or a lower tone well my um one of my main teachers got coronavirus and i just interviewed him uh, last week and asked him about what he did um, he's also a great healer, but he said, breathing and chanting, but, you know, the chanting was all very slow and very soft at what really people think they have to chant loud. No, it's about the frequency, not about the amplitude. It's not about how loud you chant. You chant until you feel it in your body. And so he couldn't chant loudly. So he would just sit there and, you know, oh. and like right now I'm feeling it here and then he would drop it down and he would keep dropping it down until he could feel it throughout his whole body. And he would use the frequency to Mm -hmm. target whatever organ he was working on. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I've done with everybody. My private clients that I work with um, through Zoom, you know, when I'm chanting, I ask them to put on headphones. If you can put on headphones because the headphones are always gonna be better than computer speakers. Right. And you start to feel when I'm chanting um, because there again, my background is what, as an audio engineer. So Mm -hmm. now I go back to my audio world and I've I've got a a full mixer and processing and reverbs and delays and pitch changers. And so I work to get a full set of frequencies that can go through the body when I'm working with them. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we have to, we really have to think about what we're doing now. We can't just, do things the same way that we used to we've had to develop new techniques all of us
1: right (laughs) absolutely well even and you know sound is such an intricate part of integrative medicine you know even working on my own clients when you do chakra balancing or you know you clear their energy it's such an important part of helping people even you know calm their mental state or what i love about chanting is it focuses the monkey mind you know people right. always that monkey mind runs that hamster wheel and they don't know how to stop it you know because one of the complaints i hear sometimes is they'll be sometimes will be like i just can't meditate you know it's so challenging and then i'm like you have to chant because chanting pick a word pick a phrase you know and there's so much audio available now and, and open it's it's available to them to just center their mind and you know calm their spirit
2: All Right. well i mean we, we think about music and we think about sound and music together and, you know, there's so much going on with healing sounds now and there are complete albums of, well, I mean, obviously of gongs and singing bowls, cause I've got two of them, but, but, but even with voice, you have all these people who are doing complete albums where not one word is actually being said or sung, but just the tone of the mantras. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just, they're, they're toning vowels because those vowels move down through the body and they're using the the frequencies as opposed to musical notes,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: you know, and, 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 and everybody with the 440 tuning or the 432 or the 428.5 and all of these different tunings now that really do affect the body. And so just doing, during those vocalizations, It's amazing what, you know, when people say, oh, I was listening to some music and what they were listening to was just somebody chanting very simply. Mm -mm. And I love that because it's that shift in what's happening and people realize that music can heal. Um, I've got some, I've got a list of heavy metal albums that are very healing for me.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, Everybody has their thing.
2: (laughs) Well, what's happening is we, you know, we think about chakras,
1: it stirs everything up. Oh yeah because of the guitars and the you drum. know the
2: the drums you know what do we do And um you know the so which, native americans so which are band famous?
1: is it who who is it def Leppard, oh jovi uh, bruce spring give it to me no, that's, that's
2: all that's all rock and and it and it all works um but i go back to um you know even bands like merciful fate and 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 early um metallica before, okay. before they got caught before they got played on the radio and it's, it's, it's the quick speed and it's, it's the heavy drive. You know, when, when we do cleanses, mm-hmm. you know, even, you know, think about the native Americans when they're doing cleanses, when they're, when they're purifying space, what Got do they titles. do? They they grab that big drum, boom, mm-hmm. boom, 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 and it goes slow and it gets faster and harder and faster and harder. And then what are they doing behind that? They're doing their chants. Right. So you've got this driving beat with these chants. Well, if you listen to a lot of music, it really is just an electrified version of what they've heard.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I know people, I know musicians who've gone to powwows and written music around what they heard in a powwow. Mm. Yeah,
1: music is and fun. It's a creative process.
2: It is a creative process. It's, it's movement.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it's constantly movement. You know, you, you, it's hard to do just a, a, a standard art exhibition with music, mm-hmm. but it can be done. But when you do it, it's moving and it's usually done with music and light. Mm-hmm. And so, so the light moves with the music so that you can see as well as hear.
1: What I um, think makes DJs popular too is the movement and the music and the people get into the, they did a study once about, um, you know, people doing conferences. So like they'll have those big expose conferences. I'm not sure if it was Tony Robbins or uh, Dale Carnegie or um, Zig Ziglar, I don't remember. But they were saying that they did this scientific study and they found out that when people were playing the music in these motivational seminars or in these concerts, the blood would actually begin to sway to the rhythm of the music inside the body. Like mm-hmm. and even after you left the facility, it was still just a swaying. And I think the body, you know, loves that kind of movement. It's it's moving. It's even at a cellular level.
2: Well, yeah. Awful. I mean, you, you you'll do it. They'll go. They'll have somebody sitting there, and they'll take a they'll take a blood a blood drop from you before you start, and they'll show it to you, and then mm-hmm. they'll keep that slide. They'll keep that slide in your file, and then as soon as it's over, they'll start doing the blood droplets. And they'll show, they'll they'll put it up on, on video and show you where you started and what your blood looks like now. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to watch how it shifted.
1: Yeah. And the effects of sound. You, you know, know, and
2: that's the same thing with with any vibration,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: I used to tell people I would make them look in a mirror before I would start working on them and say, okay, let's do our work. And I would work on them for an hour and then have them look in the mirror and specifically at the eyes and their eyes had completely shifted. Hmm the whites got brighter and the color got clearer. They really started popping, the color would pop. Right. And it was just, it, it was incredible to watch that happen because that was just real time. You just saw it for yourself.
1: hmm
2: You know, in under an hour, your eyes just completely cleared up. And that well, was something I think- that I noticed with myself.
1: I think the other thing is too, is like with Professor Emoto, the the, the way that sound yeah. affects water. You know, that's such a scientific study, but it's so cool to show how just your words will entrain water. And if your body is like 90% water, you know, the sound that we listen to is in training us. But when you're drinking your coffee or your water and you're watching the news, you know, it's in training your water to whatever negativity or positivity it is (laughs) that you're listening to, you know, and I think it's so powerful. Like, it's just like, wow, you don't even think about it. Sometimes you just go through your day and you're like, ooh, I I, I just charged my water the wrong way. (laughs) Well, and it's,
2: Uh, So I did a talk, what, two years ago with somebody and we wanted to talk about um, energy poisoning
1: Mm.
2: and it's like why when you go to the same restaurant over and over and over again and you get used to that same restaurant, you know, the flavor, you know, the feel of the food and all of a sudden you get sick from it one day and you realize that um, when you dig deeper, that that day the chef was having a bad day. They've just gone through a hard time. They were angry. They were mad. And everything that they did that day was off. All the food was absorbing their words, their Mm -hmm. energy, because their intention is what what was going on inside of them as they were cooking. And, you know, why? You know We talk about blessing our food. In Mm -hmm. every tradition that I know, people bless their food and they all do it differently. Some people. You know, some people, it's a very religious thing. And some people, it's just a, a consciousness. You know, a lot of work went into getting our food. People mm-hmm. had to till the fields. People had to, you know, if you eat meat, you'd raise the cattle. Um, you had to get it to the grocer. They had to prep it. They had all this preparation is done before you ever get to touch your food. Right. And And it, it's just incredible. Um, how many different energies are going on there. And so by mm-hmm. blessing your food, because you never know where it came from, you never know what the, the energy of the person who was handling your food before you got it.
1: You hope so they were creating it, it with love. You know, you hope. <laughs> right. The kitchens, I don't know, when you watch uh, Ramsey, Gordon Ramsey, you're kind of like, wow, it gets intense in there.
2: <laughs> That's real world. That's They're real right. world. You know, I was I was I was one step from going into the culinary uh, into culinary institute, Mm -hmm. and um, so yeah, I I know that really well. Um, (laughs) I'm happy I didn't. As much as I love cooking, I'm really happy that I didn't make that my career. Right. Um, Your blessing is with
1: your blessing is with sound, you know. But you know, I have to ask. I just want to ask about that art piece over your right shoulder, that giant sculpture thing.
2: Um. Okay, over my yes. right shoulder, yeah. So this is a solid piece of it's a solid cedar log. Oh wow! And um, and it was carved. It's a solid piece that was carved in uh, in China, and so it's Chinese cedar. Um, it's in a case because it smells amazing when you open it up. It's like I'll take um, I'll take a mala um, and I'll I'll. Um, and I'll put it inside there and yeah this one was was there for about two weeks and I've had it out for a couple of days and it still smells I can still smell the cedar on it
1: wow that's really cool it looks neat well carving is hard I think any kind of carving glasswork, but you know you had I had to ask (laughs) yeah
2: I I fell in love with it and then the one that you can't the one that you can't really see is um let's see do I is I don't know if you can see
1: oh, the one in the middle. Oh yeah. wow.
2: So that's another big wooden Buddha from uh from mainland China. Um that one is a bit older. And very um, cool. it looks like and an that antique. one and it had been in a fire. And ah. and I was I was still in robes at the time and living at a temple out off uh Westheimer and Highway 6 and it was brought over we were supposed to incinerate it. Because it mm. had been in a fire and so it needed to be ritually burned. Right. Um and as we were walking it, myself and the other monk there kept hearing a voice going, It's not my time yet. You can clean me. I'm still Save here. Me. And 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 I just looked and I said, Did you just hear the same? He's like, Yeah, I just heard the same thing. And so I went back to the 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 abbess of the temple and I said, I want to keep this one. I said, this Buddha's talking to me and it feels that the energy is, it's very connecting. And she says, okay, as long as it stays in your room. She didn't want it anywhere in the, on, on their main altar. I said, fine. So I took it and I spent about a month clearing, cleaning it up. Um, and we've touched it up a couple of times, but um, because there are so many layers, as, as you get into there, you'll see the layers of of, of brown and red and gold and red and gold and red and gold. And I mean, there's multiple layers of, of this metallic gold and red. And it's really cool because um, you get to see all the different layers and how it was originally painted. Mm. And you realize just how much work went into painting this piece.
1: Oh, right. It's like save the art. They say when the world disappears, only the art remains. <laughs>
2: exactly exactly you
1: know when you go back to Pompeii you know
2: <laughs> and they and they all have consciousness all of that has vibration it has consciousness all art does you know that's why we get you know the term always happens you go into a museum and you walk around a museum and you go wow this piece makes me feel
1: mm-hmm.
2: one way it makes me feel another way well that's the energy transfer that's happening
1: right. You know, the, right. the
2: if, if it's a, if it's a painting, you know, you still feel the energy of the painter
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it's why in music, when you listen to some of the old, compo- you know, some of the ancient composers, you, and, and if you know anything about them, you listen to certain pieces of music and they're bright and they're fluffy, but they make you feel heavy and drawn out. it's like, why is this beautiful, happy, happy go lucky piece and just floating out like this. Why do I feel negative? So, well, they lived a very tortured life and that, and that torture actually comes out in the subtleties of the music.
1: When all the art we create, right? Yeah, Mm
2: -hmm. exactly. So that's why art is so, uh, so important, you know, uh, calligraphy or, or writing cursive. It's something I'm not good at. But I realize um, sometimes I just sit and write and write and write, and it's not about me writing well. It's about me connecting those neurons. Mm. Because being able to do certain calligraphy and, and writing cursive, you're connecting words. You're connecting letters to make words. You're connecting neurons. And more and more people, you know, they're starting to realize that we need to teach that in school again. Mm-hmm. You know, There's more a hypnotic and more schools, writing.
1: You
2: know, more and more schools are realizing that people who print tend to do things in blocks. They can't Mm. do things in one continuous motion. They're very good at doing things in blocks, but it's actually the cursive writing was bringing all of that together. It was bringing a flow Mm. and it's that flow, you know, you watch certain people and when you watch them write, you know how they are.
1: Yeah. They go into the zone i write messy <laughs> that's okay longhand is fun you know sometimes it's better than typing i get tired tired of typing all the time and it's kind of like yeah, i'd rather just scribble it down in my dream book i scribble it all down i'm
2: but the time- worst because i'm voice to text i'm voice to text on everything i just do it and then try to go back and make some make some changes
1: <laughs> so um how do you see like the journey for spirituality going out like a 100 years or or even just sound healing?
2: Um, I think that sound healing is gonna take an
1: extreme shift. I think
2: it's gonna make an extreme shift. Uh, It's already doing so because technology is catching up to what most of the healers already know. What people have been able to feel for for hundreds of years, Mm -hmm. technology is finally being able to measure. And we're seeing that more and more and more, which is why they're using sound so much in Western medicine now.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, have you had the so chance to to tour um, MD Anderson Sound Room? They're no, I, room. Haven't. I, I haven't. I haven't seen it either, and I'm curious. I'm like, we need to get a tour.
2: <laughs> I've got. I know enough people over there. I'll have to talk and see if I can uh, see if I can make that happen. I, I think, especially as as the restrictions. Are properly are properly released, meaning that, that 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 the dangers really start to disappear, and mm-hmm. not the egos.
1: <laughs> right, or the um, profit.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Um,
2: you know, I I don't I don't really want to walk through a hospital right now.
1: <laughs> right.
2: I do I do so much. You know, there's there's the work that I do every day, and then it seems like every night between midnight and three a.m. I'm sitting there working on people from around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not sessions. That's just people sending me names and sending me, you know, um, healing requests or prayer requests. Right. You know, that's well, just a the lot work of, that I don't,
1: that's just yeah, the work no. I have to do. Yeah, I, had, I had a client, you know, this week, they're just overwhelmed right now. Energetically they're overwhelmed. So the great thing about, you know, sound is you can help clear that for them. Yes. A lot of shocker balancing lately, you know,
2: And you can do it without it affecting you. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, you know, with energy healers, you know, they're constantly, and I, I was, I was huge in this constantly pushing my own energy, pushing my own energy, pushing my own energy. And then I would have to go and do four hours of meditation and rebuild and rebuild and rebuild. And the sound healing, um, you know, gongs and singing bowls, they're like amplifiers. Mm -hmm. Now you can just take intention. They have their own healing and then you take your intention and you put it in there and it cranks it up to 11.
1: Mm, yeah. so
2: so you use them as amplifiers in sending your intention out
1: mm, and that's powerful
2: yeah that's so really- that's one of my that's one of my favorite things and being in an apartment during all this time i was trying not to do it but i know who my neighbors are on either side now and and i know that they're not home during the day so uh, if I have people that need sound healing during the day, I do it during the day.
1: Mm. <laughs> so you don't, so you don't keep the neighbors up gonging all night.
2: <laughs> Even though they keep me up sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, with their vacuum cleaning, the midnight vacuum cleaning isn't that fun.
2: No, they they like to move furniture. Last night they were moving furniture at midnight, and I just talked to them today and and brought one of them down. I said, "Okay, move a piece of furniture," and they moved it, and and I said, "Now listen," and he was just like. He was mortified he goes i had no idea and i said i know you didn't because i've met y'all and y'all are such sweet people so i knew you couldn't have any idea how loud it was down here and he said we'll we'll be more courteous late night said, Thank because you. people
1: are quarantined they're like let me move furniture on board. you know i'm redecorating ah. i
2: think it's i think it's their their young girl and i think she likes to to push chairs around and you know she's a young girl she's you know 12. but i think she likes to move things around and you know um likes bed. the sound. Well, she likes she likes changing things, you know. She likes rearranging mm. the room. She loves rearranging her room.
1: Hmm.
2: Like, That's cool. She's 12 years old. Why is she rearranging at midnight? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe she can't sleep, you know. So my name is Lex Lamar. I'm with the US Department of Arts and Culture uh for the People's State of the Union Address 2021. I'm with Harry B. Happy, and today he's going to read to you his address.
2: Ah, 2021. As we step into 2021, we return to a time of clean air, clear skies, a time where flavor, smell, and nutrition of our food and herbs keep us healthy. And there's a harmony amongst people. And this isn't to say that We don't have our own problems, but we look towards solutions. We look past blame and instead for resolve. It's a time for true growth, growth in humanity, compassion, technology, a time where we embrace not only our similarities, but our differences. If our past has shown us anything, it's that we shouldn't ask others to believe as we do, but to understand how others believe. I'm proud to live in a time where we embrace instead of reject, and I look forward to the next hundred years.
1: The sound is infinite. You'll be here just in a different form. Maybe they'll (laughs) sculpt you into a futuristic gong. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) You never know what they're going to do with this. You know,
2: you know, know, as, as people pass away, they're making they're making diamonds and everything else. Maybe hey. I can make it into the alchemy of the gone. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. oh, absolutely. <laughs> just never know. You'll be a great sound either way, no matter which way you go. Thank exactly. you so much for your time today. I just want to say I'm so glad that, you know, the parts of our journey that are great and happy and difficult, I think it makes you who you are and you're, you know, you're, you're a good man. And look what you did you just followed your heart and you went into sound and you touch a lot of lives. I know you do. I meet a lot of the people that love you and love your music and, you know, love your healing work. And I'm just very proud of you and glad to know you.
2: I'm grateful to know you. It's been a, it's been an amazing journey.
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, all of the, all of the people that, we, that we've that we known and all of the people that we introduce each other to and, and just all the time that, uh, even though we don't get to spend a great deal of time Around each other, at least the time that we do is always productive. There's always something that amazing ha- amazing happens every time we're in the same room together, yeah. and uh, and I think that's why we surround ourselves with great people and great community, we bring, and we bring great communities together. So every time we're together, everybody comes away being better than when they started.
1: Mm-hmm. I, well, I think the conversations are very um, honest and enlightening. Yes. Shifting the consciousness, you know, one heart at a time. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today.
2: My pleasure. It's great to see you. Be well, be happy, stay blessed.
1: Me too. Bye, Harry.
0: Bye. Thanks for listening to Charity Network News with Lex Lumiere. If you like our show, and want to know more, check us out online, or please leave a review. Join us again next week. Until then, focus on creating solutions, and making a positive impact in the world with your presence. Be kind, volunteer, pay it forward, and keep shining your love light.